Support for today's episode comes from Schneider's. From one generation to the next, Schneider's is always an entertaining favorite. When yeah. you say masala, what are you what are you talking about? Masala is anything that no way you don't want to give away the secret recipe, do you? To outsiders. If it lives on and on and on, that would be good. I thought it only lived on with me, and then it dies with me. But you, but you We're inside Narga's Fata's kitchen. She's standing here over the stove, cooking her signature chicken biryani. Yeah, what's, what's the base of the masala? Then? Ginger garlic. Right now it's just ginger garlic. Hi, I'm Sarah Martin, and this is Home Cooked. It's a podcast about cherished family recipes and why they get passed on. We're curious about how families come together and sometimes come apart over food. In every episode, I'll take you inside a family kitchen and we'll cook together. You'll find that what makes these family recipes special sometimes has nothing to do with the list of ingredients. Here inside Nardis's kitchen, every inch of counter space is taken up. There's rice soaking in a huge tin bowl, potatoes and spices are at the ready, and tomatoes are diced up on a cutting board. Nargis is a petite yet commanding woman, dressed in a plum-embroidered kurta with red lipstick and thick round glasses. Today is pretty unique because she doesn't usually like to share her kitchen. It's small, and that's probably by design. The other thing bad about me is that I'm a haughty cook. Meaning, when I'm in the kitchen, I don't want anybody else there. I just want to be on my own. Whatever comes out, comes out, but don't bother me. I'm here squished in with her daughter Natasha and son-in-law Chris. I've known Natasha for years. We used to work together as radio producers. When I told her about this new show and the idea of family recipes and the stories behind them, she said, you've got to talk to my mom. When I was growing up, I thought, oh, everybody's mom can cook this well because why would my family be any different than anyone else's? But then going to other people's home as I got older and eating at their parents' cooking, I was like, no, oh, God, this is terrible. You eat like this every day? Oh, I'm so lucky. What, what would you call this? I forget. I totally forget. Those are cardamom, right? Yes. What do you call it in Urdu? Ilaichi. Because all these ingredients, you know them by their Urdu names. Is that right? Most of them? No, I know them by the English names too, but now I'm getting old and it doesn't come up at okay. the right moment. Okay. I don't know them in either language. <laughs> my first memory of cooking is my grandmother cooking. This is back home in Pakistan. She made fantastic fish, which nobody can beat. In those days, fishmonger would come to your house with fresh fish and it was delightful for the kids to see. And the fish would be so fresh that they would be jumping in his basket. Everything that she made was good. Or maybe it is just your love for your grandma. Everybody's fond of their grandma. Like her grandma, Nargis herself is a great cook. Here in this crowded kitchen, a thick aroma of ginger, garlic and onion is filling up the room. Now comes the big kahuna. <laughs> that paste you, I, is the I base of Nargis's chicken biryani. What if you were just making it for you and dad, how much would you put? It already smells so good. For a whole tablespoon? 
two teaspoons of this. This is half a half a teaspoon. So no, it's one teaspoon. That's so one, one and a half. So I have no idea how much just went in. This is why nothing registers. But I don't. don't know. But Natasha over here, Natasha's just watching. That's because the cooking gene skipped a generation. Where is just make that the food. Just make the food. Making it, making it, getting there. I wish I could cook. I wish it had come together. I just don't have that creative instinct that my mother and my husband have in the kitchen. I'm so intimidated in the kitchen. I hate it. I have a fear that once my mother goes, that all of that beautiful cooking and all those beautiful recipes and all that amazingly life-giving food all that talent will just go away with her. And that's completely my fault because I should be carrying on that tradition as my cousins do with their moms, but I haven't. And I really feel like I've not only failed her, she's never put an expectation on me, but I've I failed the family, you know. I don't really blame Natasha. When you're in school, you've got so much to do and you come home deadbeat. Then you have got homework to catch up with. And then once you start your career, you're immersed in your career, you're trying to find your footing. So cooking is not that important. Ready to get that too? So I'm just going to fill this with water because apparently that's what my strength is, filling containers with water and stirring. Ah! Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Sorry. We can use this towel here? Yeah. So that sound of liquid was just a bunch of blood. <laughs> that was actually the sound of water, not blood, spilling on the kitchen floor. But Natasha did have difficulty filling that pot with water, so she's really not exaggerating when she says that her talents lie outside the kitchen. When I met her, she didn't cook at all, which is weird because, for me, again, this very traditional white upbringing, so... You know, my experience of the world is women generally cook and men don't. Natasha and Chris met in university. And their first date, not exactly typical. If not our first date, then maybe our second date, he took me grocery shopping. And I'm like, this is not how you woo a woman. You know, I'm, I'm eligible. I'm cute. Like, take me out on a date. And <laughs> he took me grocery shopping and it never stopped. Chris is standing next to his mother-in-law, watching, asking questions as she browns the chicken thighs in a frying pan before adding them into a huge pot of ginger and garlic masala paste. He's breathing it all in. Could you use olive oil for that? Like you use vegetable oil, but could you use olive oil? I could, but olive oil burns pretty fast, you know. This love of cooking didn't come from his own mother. It came from his uncle. My uncle is a very good cook. Like he has like the nice copper pots and all that kind of stuff. And you do fancy bananas fosters, right? So you're seen as this young kid, these bananas going up in flames. And it was just really, really exciting. And he'd always lay out like gold plates. So it was a real event. Chris has never lost that rush of excitement that came from seeing the bananas foster burst into flames. Let's just say his mom didn't have that same flair in the kitchen. Like, my mom is, is fairly uptight. She's not really a, a good cook or comfortable in the kitchen. So 
it was almost fun to have her watch me cook and get uptight. You know, and you, you sort of want to egg your parents on. And that was like, I've never been a big rebeller, but I think that was my form of rebellion is I'm going to add this to this. And she'd go, oh, don't do that. Right. You know what I mean? Like literally being uptight about it. Okay. Oh, okay. Is it, is it bad news if it already smells spicy to me? <laughs> no, this is ginger garlic. <laughs> That's why you're, you're smelling the ginger, ginger. The first time Chris met Natasha's parents, he was nervous. Not about saying the wrong thing. It was more that he didn't know how he was going to handle just eating the food. My spice was ketchup, and that was it. I, you know, no pepper, no salt even, right? So it was very different. And there was a lot of sort of, well, the physical discomfort in having spice, right? Because I couldn't take it. And so her mom was conscious of that and trying to make things that I could eat. But, you know, I'd take a bite and I was like, oh, whoa, whoa. And they'd say, oh, try it with yogurt. Okay, okay, right? Like it would be suffering, suffering, suffering. But I did enjoy the taste. And, you know, you're, you're trying to bridge the gap there, right? So it was like sort of Olympic training to sort of get to a place where I can have spice now. This is the whole mirchi. As it comes off the plant, it's dried. Yeah, these you, are the hottest that you have. Right? Yeah. yeah. In this house, they are called suicide bombers. They lurk in the rice. Before you know it, you are kaboom. <laughs> Chris expressed interest in my mom fairly early on because she's in the kitchen and he's curious about all these weird foods she's cooking and why this spice this way and why do you fry it and not bake it and all these things. So he gives her the kind of attention that I can't, that many people in our close circle don't. And it's grown from there. So they often go grocery shopping together, you know, my ingredients are still very new for him, he being a white man. So he'll want to know what is this and what is that and, you know, ask a whole lot of questions. The rice is soaking because this is not the top quality rice, so it needs a little soaking. Otherwise, I buy the, the why, good, good, good. Why are you feeding us not the top quality rice? That because um, it was on sale, so it was tempting. I see. Okay, okay I, I, I can respect that game. Okay. They're... Very close. Like sometimes I, I know my mom loves me and I'm her child, but I think she might like Chris more than she likes me. He's easier to talk to. He's more interested in having the conversations about food than I am. And he's just a gentler person. And he's very gentle with her. Like in moments where, you know, we've been together more than a decade, there's always times where you're really angry at the person and you question, like, was this the right person for me? Is this the right person for me? But when I see the way Chris treats my mom, there's no question. I will tolerate all manners of frustrations with him because he's so good to my mom. Natasha may not share her mom's love of cooking. She's always called herself her father's daughter. She's really close to him. And he's usually the one who steals the show. That's because he's a prominent Muslim political activist fighting against Islamic extremism. It's made him plenty of enemies, resulting in numerous death threats over the years. It's meant that Natasha's family moved around a lot. The consistent theme has been, you know, that the kitchen is safe and that the food will be there. And my mother's cooking has been consistent through all those years and all those countries and all those continents and all those languages and all the different schools and all the different groups of friends. The chicken biryani is almost ready. The rice is being layered into a huge metal pot, along with the chicken, potato, and tomato mixture. It's the last step before we can taste Nargis's signature dish. The kitchen is steamy and rich with this spicy, earthy aroma. It's all we can do to keep our paws out of the pot. 
So now what are you doing? I'm sauteing it for a bit. This masala mm -hmm. um, gets into the chicken. Chris and Natasha love Nargis's chicken biryani so much that they truly can't get through the week without eating it. Either Natasha and Chris will come over here to her parents' place, or believe it or not, Nargis will actually cook it up and deliver it over to their condo so that they can eat it there. 30 years of eating this chicken biryani. I didn't realize there was no skin. Okay, good. You know what a chicken looks like, though, right, Natasha? But it doesn't look like that, Nora. <laughs> I like the nude chicken. Nude. Oh, oh. The naked chicken. The sexy chicken, right. <laughs> it's like a hug. It's not when you're feeling down. It's just like, oh, my God, this chicken biryani bean is coming and, and giving you a hug and saying, you're the most awesome thing in the world. It, it makes you feel so good. Imagine if this recipe gets lost. That would be a big deal. Find out what's going to happen to Nargis's beloved biryani after this break. Support for our podcast comes from Schneider's, a company that started as a family business back in 1890. When you think of Schneider's, you probably think of bacon. And our team started talking about bacon recipes. CJ is my co-producer. Hey, CJ. Hi, Sarah. So what's your bacon recipe? So my dad was a terrible cook, uh, but he could make this one bacon and egg recipe. He would take bacon and cook it first to perfection. Then he'd crack two eggs and embed the cooked strips of bacon in the egg whites for lips. So the whole dish would resemble this face with egg yolks as the eyes and the strips of bacon as the mouth. My dad, he died 11 years ago, and this silly bacon egg face always reminds me of him. Can you make it for me someday? Of course. If you have a bacon recipe, why don't you try Schneider's Butcher Cut Double Smoked Bacon? It's delicious bacon crafted with extra time and care as it should be. Visit schneiders.ca to find recipe inspirations. We're back. Natasha has this really animated response to food and this is the biggest response that she gives to to biryani and if i recall correctly i'm like you should learn how to do this you know it's probably important for your mom to pass these recipes on but for whatever reason natasha just i don't know she almost goes blank well why would i why would i learn how to cook like she's here cooking for me Chris knew if there was any passing on of this family recipe, he needed to take matters into his own hands. Natasha's birthday was coming up, and he thought of the perfect present. He emailed me, and this time I took my time and gave all the measurements and all the ingredients and wrote a whole recipe for the chicken biryani. He tried it. It was very good. Writing down the biryani recipe was the first step, since Nargis had never written it down before in all those years of making the dish. I don't like following recipes, but I didn't want to screw this up, so I'm actually following it as best as I can in, in its vagueness, right? I sort of had the, the laptop with the recipe open and sort of all the stuff in the kitchen, and I'm going back and forth on every step just to make sure that I wasn't screwing this up. I finished up work... I came home, Chris is there, and there's this huge pot on the stove. And he says, go get changed, and then you can see what's in the pot. So I go get changed, and I open it up, and it's, you know, this smoke and steam of this beautiful rice and the chicken and the potatoes. And I didn't understand what had happened. It looked like mom's, but it didn't look like mom's. And I said, did you go get this? Did mom make this? What is this? And he said... No, I made you chicken biryani. And I couldn't believe it. 
I couldn't believe that's got to be one of the most thoughtful gifts because I don't think it's easy to make chicken biryani. It takes a lot of effort, and I'm sorry, it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of courage. It's a you know white bread Canadian guy who I'm sure would prefer for his wife to make the meals. <laughs> you know, it's a very good feeling and a very comfortable feeling to know that somebody who has entered your family. Also enjoys the other aspects of your family, and food is one big thing. It's quite a big part of being together. And since Chris likes it, it makes my life very easy, and it makes me very happy too that he can be my child, like Natasha and Nazia. And today, Chris is so much like Nargis's child that it's had a profound impact on his identity. Chris has really adopted my ethnic culture. I'm a South Asian. I'm a Pakistani Indian, and it means a lot to me. And I think it also means a lot to him. Like he feels connection with it in a way that maybe I hadn't anticipated, and maybe that sometimes I don't always even recognize. He has connected with our culture and our identity, and it's his culture and his identity now. You know, and um, beyond the kitchen, like he'll often be playing Indian music, and he'll be wearing a kurta, like a an Indian shirt, around the house, like when we're just hanging out. And it's not his costume, and he's not playing world music. He's wearing his clothes, and he's playing the music he loves. I come from this background of no, you know what I mean? This this element of fear, and Natasha's folks are fearless. You know what I mean? As immigrants coming from from Pakistan, from Saudi Arabia, coming here, leaving everything behind, and just it's going to work. It's going to work, and and so. Everything about them, including their cooking, is about yes, you know? And and for me, I think cooking is that yes for me because so much is no. But yes in like, let's just throw this in. Let's just throw this in. It's freedom. For me, it's, it's oh, it's freedom. Sorry. Sorry. I just connected that. Chris's learning of this recipe was a giant act of love. Connecting with his uncle's spirit, you know that sentiment, you're worth it? And maybe it's even more than that. Maybe it's you belong. So it's now in a serving dish. There's two huge spoons. We're going to take it. You want me to lift that? Yeah, take it. Okay, I'll take it. And we're going to put it out on the table and we can eat. Okay, well... All right. What do you say, what's your bon appetit kind of thing? Bismillah. Bismillah. Start in the name of God. Okay. Back at you. The chicken biryani was so good. The flavors were complex given the relatively simple list of ingredients. Everyone around the table had seconds. It was just like Chris said. Nargis's chicken biryani was like a big hug. It was delicious. Palatable. I thought I was going to burst into flames, but no. <laughs> the way you guys were selling it. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Home Cooked. If you want to try Nargis's chicken biryani for yourself, head over to homecookedpodcast.com for the recipe. That's homecookedpodcast, all one word, dot com. You'll also see photographs by acclaimed Canadian portrait photographer Christopher Wall. Home Cooked is produced by Catherine Jun and me. 
Charlotte Fisek created all the beautiful artwork and downloadable recipe cards. Dan Goldman and Sean Brody composed the theme music for the show. Margaret Daly is editorial advisor. Mark Alster is senior producer. Sean Liliani is our videographer. Candace Craig handles graphics and the web. Nicole Edwards is our associate producer. Thanks for listening. Support for today's episode comes from Schneider's. Since 1890, Schneider's has brought generations of Canadians' artisanal sausages, bacon, ham, and deli to family recipes. Schneider's, crafted without compromise.